Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that continues every single day to celebrate the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. I want to thank you for listening to Coast View and engaging with Coast View. Uh, Our numbers continue to improve dramatically, and we really appreciate you listening on Supertalk 103.1 or Supertalk TV or Supertalk Facebook pages, either the Gulf Coast Facebook page or the Supertalk Mississippi Facebook page or Supertalk YouTube page or any of your favorite podcasts. We really appreciate you uh, engaging with, uh, with Coast View. I have a couple of numbers I want to share with you. One of the cool things about having sort of a digital footprint is you get to evaluate the, the analytics of the audience. And you might be interested to know this. Uh, uh, if you look at the people who are engaged around Coastview, 44.93% of them are men, 55.07% of them are women. And they really skew from 25 to 65. I would say some are slightly older, uh, but a good spread in terms of ages. And here's the interesting thing, the location, where are these people? Well, Gulfport is number one. Alexi's number two, Ocean Springs, Long Beach, Pasquare Shen, Socha, and then, and then get this, Jackson is, is next, Madison is next, and then D'Averville, Pascagoula, and then towns across Mississippi. So it's very interesting to see that the audience is, is, is certainly coastal Mississippi, but goes way beyond coastal Mississippi. I think that's terrific. Post-engagement in the last 30 days is up 16%. Reactions are up 37%. Comments are up 40%. Video views is up unbelievably high. <laughs> it's a number that you wouldn't believe if I shared it with you. But we, you know, we're having terrific engagement of our videos. And so I want to I want to Thank you for being part of our growth and helping us do well and uh, and, conti- and contributing to our success. Hey, last week I shared a, a uh, quote from Walter Anderson. It was this, I live and have my, and my being, uh, excuse me, I live and have my being in a world of space and forms which have color and shape. Consciousness of this means being alive. You know, Walter Anderson was one of the, South's most elusive artists. And Julian Rankin, who's the executive director of the Walter Anderson Museum, and I had a long conversation last week about this sacred connection that exists between the people of coastal Mississippi, the incredible beauty and nature of the environment we're able to enjoy, and the vitality of the communities that make up coastal Mississippi. It's a really deep connection. Uh, We live in paradise. And it's artists like Walter Anderson, who spent a lifetime actually helping us see and feel that. In so many ways, this describes Kosciuk, the strong belief that people with passion can change our world here in coastal Mississippi for the better. And one man who I know for a fact believes that is John Harrison, the CEO of Hancock Whitney, who's joining me this morning. Good morning, John. How are you doing, buddy? Good morning, Ricky. Great to be on the show again. Can't believe it's been since July. Yeah. Since I've been on the show. It's been a long time. Well, we talk a lot, you know, off the air. So, uh, you know, we're good friends and we stay in touch, but it has been July. But, you know, you heard what I said about this sacred connection that exists between coastal Mississippi, our coastal sense of place and the vitality here. We're, this is a special place, isn't it? It really is. And uh, listening to the numbers as you were warming up for the show and uh, 
you know, as a banker, uh, 55% uh, women in your audience, uh, you know, most of the decision makers on banking services are actually uh, a woman in the household. So the uh, it's a shocking uh, uh, percentage that uh, I know my marketing people would pay attention to what you just said. That was interesting. Uh, but you're talking well, about the connection, Ricky. You know, there's yeah. there's really four you know kind of big MSAs that dominate the Mississippi economy. The coastal MSA is one of them. So the fact that Jackson and Madison are right there in the top five of participations doesn't surprise me because of the interconnectivity economically between the coastal business community and the rest of the state. In particular, Hattiesburg, uh, the Jackson MSA, and the Mississippi uh, counties there just under, you know, south of Memphis. So uh, a lot of connectivity there that's very important. Well, before we get to what's going on in the bank these days and amazing trends that have been unleashed by the pandemic, let's talk, let's stay on the Mississippi thing for just a second. Mississippi has done a really good job of reopening the economy and addressing, especially more recently, things like the vaccination process, et cetera. And it really shows in the numbers, doesn't it? It does. Uh, You know, when we when we talk about the Mississippi economy and and things we'd like to have better, uh, we, our typical concern is always just the size of the economy. It's a little bit of an anemic economy relative to the other states we compete with for, for employer and, and residential interest. Um, but, but one thing that you never have to complain about in Mississippi, uh, and, and especially the coast, is resiliency. That when things get bad, um, you can count on a better than expected return, both in pace and size. And the uh, the uh, recovery of the economy here has been startling. I mean, the, the GDP hit that in the first half of the year for Mississippi was was egregious. But the second half, we got almost all of it back. And so if we look at quarterly GDP forecasts, um, and I, I'm quoting February numbers here, uh, March numbers for Mississippi will be due here really in the next three or four days. I'm sorry I don't have something more current for you. But we'll be looking at GDP numbers that average out about double quarterly GDP growth that we had in 2019. So when we look at 19, we were bouncing up and down between expansion and contraction on a quarterly rate. But in 2021 and all the way through the back half of 2022, we'll be better than 1% quarterly expansion. So on top of the recovery we had in 2020, it really is a good story. So again, that resiliency word always seems to come about when we talk about tough hits and how we get back up. We know how to bounce back. It's in our DNA and uh, our ability to sort of evaluate the pandemic and what are the best steps to go forward. Of course, the governor had the the Restart Mississippi Committee. You were part of that. And uh, a lot of smart people have had their had their uh, arms around this never before, you know, dealt with situation. And it's and it's, it's a big deal to look at how Mississippi ranks relative to the rest of the nation in terms of our economy. It's really incredible. It's a great story. Hey, look, one of the things we talk about on the show all the time is the trends. Trends that were in place before the pandemic has been sped up by the pandemic. You and I talked a little bit about that before, but when you think about the banking community, it's very true. I mean, you look at the the, the amount of uh, how consumer banking behaviors have changed and the adoption of, of mobile banking, and, um, and then I'm sure that that's probably offset by a decline in branch traffic or whatever. But you're very strategic in the way you think about things like this. The pandemic really has had a significant impact on banking trends, hasn't it? It has. uh, Digital adoption 
about four years of expected additional penetration with digital banking all happened inside about two quarters uh, out of necessity. And so we opened our branch lobbies back up after Memorial Day um, and, and, and had a lot of traffic during that time. But the digital adoption rates didn't go down. So people continue to use both of the primary banking delivery channels uh, for their conversations, both servicing and for uh, for new accounts. Wow, that's uh, that's that's incredible. So, hey, when you look at sort of the banking industry just as a whole today, as it relates to reserves, and it really relates to just you know responding to the pandemic and where it goes from here, especially thinking about the economy beginning to light up, especially in Mississippi, the way you just talked about. How do you? What's your state of of affairs these days? Well, there's there's a lot of of things changing about banking because the economy and and where business decisions are made is also changing. I mean, if you could take a and this is a delicate subject, but if you look at our country and where wealth has been concentrated, where financial decisions and business decisions have been made, not too many decades ago, um, it was generally men and generally white men that made all those decisions. That has dramatically changed to the better over the last several decades as more persons of color have uh, have uh, taken on significant positions in very large companies. I was looking yesterday at the number of black general counsels we have in Fortune 100 companies. So the country, while we're not there yet, we're, we're not, we haven't achieved all that we need to achieve, progress has been made. And I think the greatest benefit of some of the social conversations and difficulties we've had in the last couple of years, and the pandemic exacerbated that because people had time to think about it and talk about it has been the fact that these conversations, while courageous, have also been much more comfortable for people to have. Men and women, um, uh, black and white, Hispanic, Asian, especially focused on Asian populations now after the tragedy that happened in Atlanta. But that all, all that conversation has kind of highlighted the fact that the economy and where decisions are made is changing. And, and the, the, uh, I think maybe 50 or 100 years from now, um, uh, we'll be talking about these types of things in a rearview mirror because we've achieved parity and equality and, uh, and justice across all sectors of the community. But right now we're still in a state of change. And so as a bank, and I think as a banking industry, paying attention to that and getting in front of it and advancing topics like financial literacy, uh, advancing topics like making sure that we're paying attention to all sizes of business and businesses and communities that might have been underserved in the past has been a dramatic focus, both of our company and the industry, in ensuring that we lift everybody up, kind of get to that parity. So it may not happen in my lifetime to where there's no difference, but I think it's going to happen sooner than we thought, maybe than we thought five or ten years ago. Yeah, I definitely feel change, and, uh, and I, I do think, I agree with you completely, that it's for the better. And it will help coastal Mississippi. It helped Mississippi. So, hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with John Hairston. Talk about a new port director that's uh, been announced. You can talk a little bit more about that. And, um, you know, we'll talk about, you know, how's, how's Hancock Whitney doing these days? We'll be back after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Close You. You know, this is always an opportunity for me to uh, not only visit with a friend, but someone I really admire as a leader. Uh, John Hairston from from Hancock Whitney is just a, an incredible leader, not just along the coast or in Mississippi, but throughout uh, the region. And you always get tre- tremendous insights visiting with him. So, John, let's come back to uh, you mentioned just before we went on the air something about the port. Why don't you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, the you know the port. Uh, we're talking about the Mississippi State Port at Gulfport is a, is a big uh, economic driver for really the coast and the the state because of the amount of import export activity that comes up and down the railroad uh, to be dispersed or or, uh, or moved around from the port. And uh, Jonathan Daniels, who who really did a terrific job as the uh, uh, the leader of the port, left a few months ago. Uh, and today, literally uh, while we were filming the show today, um, the replacement. Uh, uh, who is John Nass from Maine has been announced, and I'd hope to get him down and do a cameo on the show for you, so your your listeners and viewers would have a chance to meet him and and uh, hear what he has to say. But the presser is actually underway at this moment, and this will be I guess we're, we'll be showing this film on uh, tomorrow. Uh, but uh, but he's really a terrific guy. Did a tour of Iraq, um, so you know his his patriotism is obviously without question. Um, did a turn did not a term, but served in the Senate. Um, as uh, both an attorney, um, as a uh, an appropriations financial counsel to uh, Senator Collins and other places, um, and so with a military background, a uh, a government background, um, and uh, built the first uh, container port in northern New England. Just finished all that. You can imagine raising the funds to do something like that. That background really on paper looks like a perfect fit. Uh, the the startling thing I think you'll you'll note about him, Ricky. Is uh, he looks just like when I when I saw his photo, I couldn't help but think I may have loaded the wrong photo because he's a ringer for our mutual friend uh, uh, Joel Carter. Uh, wow, just like him, and so uh, <laughs> uh, and so I was like I did a double take and like is 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 did I load the right photo? But I I think you'll really enjoy visiting with him and his vision for where we go from here. You know, a lot changed the last fifteen years at the port in the post Katrina recovery. And, uh, and certainly uh, seeing what will happen in the next few years as we should get the benefit of a lot of those investments will be exciting. That's good news. You know, the, the state port of Gulfport is important to us in, in so many ways. It's such a strategically important area and the opportunities to grow it and take advantage of, you know, lots of you know opportunities are going to unfold as it relates to the port over the coming years is really important. We need someone who gets that. Sounds like he's the kind of guy who can hit the ground running. So, John, what's what's the latest at Hancock Whitney? How are you guys doing? Well, it's busy. You know, it, it's you know we went through. I guess I think it was July. We talked about was last I was on the show, and we were really I guess at that point in time uh, in the middle of digesting what what does the pandemic mean? Uh, you know, not just for the bank but for our economies. I mean, a bank is just a reflection of the economies that they operate in, right? It's uh, we, we don't really have any money. We just keep everybody else's money and then try to match it up with someone that needs to borrow uh, that same amount of liquidity. So we're really a broker between parties in the community. Uh, and so what's happened since the pandemic, I, I really, Ricky, I would have to say the economy has bounced back. I was hopeful and optimistic when I was on the show in July. I thought that Mississippi was going to do better than most. Um, it's done dramatically better than most and done better than I thought uh, we would expect, primarily because of the resurgence of the hospitality business on the coast. In that July show I mentioned, the occupancy at hotels 
on the coast was more than I would have expected. And that boom continued and it's still going. So uh, I would frankly be disappointed if we don't see a very 2019-ish hospitality uh, season um, this year uh, on the Mississippi coast. And some of that's because the other options are more limited um, for people that, that may like to go to Cabo in the summertime. Maybe they're coming to Biloxi. And so it's just a little different. Than, uh, uh, than normal, but it's really exciting to see that type of confidence, and it's providing a much-needed boost in revenue for both our hotel operators, our gaming establishments, uh, souvenir stores, food and beverage, uh, places people go to enjoy a libation uh, overall, and that money flows through the whole community. And so uh, housing values uh, are up uh, 6% to 9% in different parts of the Mississippi coast. Um, some of that is, is is just a lack of supply, but a lot of it is because people, when people visit and they like what they see, they consider retiring or relocating here. So we've had good benefit there. Hancock County um, and Bay St. Louis specifically may have been the greatest recipient of all of that in the pandemic, because while our neighbors in New Orleans were largely under much more economic restrictions, a big chunk of that population that had knowledge of Bay St. Louis began to spend time there. And so uh, when I drive, drive down, uh, you know, the streets in Old Town and Bay St. Louis, uh, uh, I run into people that I know from Mobile, from New Orleans and from the other places in the coast. So uh, it's just been a terrific, terrific opportunity to showcase some of the things we have that a lot of people didn't know about. So. You and I talked a little bit about this at the beginning, but if you think about these trends that we're seeing, one one trend around remote work, we saw where Ford Motor Company made an announcement where 30,000 employees worldwide would go to a hybrid approach, working a lot remotely, going in for meetings. Microsoft has done the same thing. My son, who works for Pricewaterhouse, is going to be working remotely for the foreseeable future, maybe permanently. Don't know exactly where they stand on that. But you know, what that does is creates an incredible opportunity <clears throat> for coastal Mississippi. Eric Hill from, from the Center of Entrepreneurship at Mississippi State says that if we can build the kind of places that, that people who are part of this new economy want to live, we have a real opportunity to fill some gaps in terms of our overall economic diversity and bringing these people here because of all the things you just mentioned. The cost of living is, 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 is really low relative to others. The standard of living is high. Um, that we're really kind of, as we move over the next two or three years, Mississippi, especially coastal Mississippi, is well positioned to fill some gaps, aren't we? I think so. You know, the the work, you know, remote work and work from home sometimes get used interchangeably, but they're not necessarily the same thing. And so, um, and I think the jury's still out on where we will finally reach equilibrium because, Remote work was kind of forced upon the country and the world uh, by the pandemic. Um, some chunk of it is likely to stay forever, but finding the balance between productivity and uh, and the, and the cost of of a skill um, and uh, and and safety is really difficult. In fact, this morning before the show started, uh, I was listening to our commercial real estate group talk about the balancing that is going to happen over the next several quarters. While, while employers may have a smaller percentage of their population in the proverbial office, there may be a lot less density of people. So there may, we may spread things out versus have, you know, the cube farms, you know, that you see in, in, uh, in movies sometimes where you have people stacked in really, really tight. People right now just want a little more personal distance. 
Right. So that takes up more room. So how this all balances out, I think will take a couple, three years to really figure out. And so uh, I think the, uh, the, the larger employers uh, that are global in nature are trailblazers right now in that subject. And I think uh, the mid-sized companies will end up following. But it'll be very different based on the type of industry that you're in and the, uh, and the, uh, 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 the part of the country that you operate in. Well, for people who want to read more about this, I mentioned this yesterday, but on the Microsoft website, they've got a good review of what they call hybrid work. And there's a 2021 work trend index that they put out there that it's got a lot of new data. It's got a lot of research. It's got expert in, insights. But hybrid work, some from home, you know, some from the office, hybrid work is going to become part of our lexicon going forward. I'm, I'm confident of that. And particularly people in the technology arena, they, they have tremendous latitude to, to work from different places. And the opportunity for Mississippi within that, within that framework is, is really positive. Hey, you mentioned you have a deep belief in tourism and coastal Mississippi. You, you and I worked together on that after the, after the governor's commission. We now have a you know, three-county coastal Mississippi tourism effort. Um, boy, when you think about the role the casinos played and the, the Hotel Motel Association played and all these others, you sort of mentioned it a minute ago, but man, it is incredible the job they did to operate in, the, in this pandemic, isn't it? It, it really is. And, and it took a lot of partnership um, and, and frankly, took a lot of courage. I mean, you have to, when you're considering the social concerns people had, and you got to remember back in, say, April or May, um, uh, you couldn't, you didn't see somebody hardly out for their morning jog without a mask on, right? I mean, the, because we didn't know what this beast was that we were doing battle with. So as the healthcare community learned more and began exchanging that knowledge with those of us in the private sector, using that knowledge to make a, uh, alterations to space, to recongregate our staff, to rekindle productivity and, and, you know, get your company back on its feet was different. So in our, in our company, uh, every one of our bank tellers has a plexiglass shield in front of them. I never would have thought of doing that. But as our healthcare and CDC began to publish information, all these little cobbled together ideas, I think, I think frankly, resulted in the economy restarting as quickly as it did. If we were all still at home right now, um, we would be in a deep, deep economic depression. A very, there's not enough money the government can borrow and inject in the economy to make up for people not spending money. And so I think all those safety features really saved the day, along with some courageous decisions to begin. So you remember the day the casinos first opened, and, and some opened a little faster than others, and it was quite surprising that they were able to operate profitably so quick. Um, but they had to curtail some services that weren't really important to people at that stage of the game. I think people just want to get out of their home. Yeah. Know, go do yeah. something, anything. Well, uh, but I thought the casinos did a super job, as did the F&B sites, the hotel sites, uh, the cleaning regiments put in place. Um, I don't think that, uh, imagine, uh, we, we learned after the, the, the storm on the coast how to work together, put aside our biases, and figure out ways to think differently. The whole country did that this time. Um, yeah, in our case... We had done it before, and so we are, the, the muscles that we were flexing were well-honed, and our ability to bounce back, our resiliency, came to fruition once again, and the innovation has been amazing to watch. John, it's been a great to visit with you. I look forward to catching up with you soon, buddy. Yeah, terrific. Thanks for covering some good topics on the show. It's uh, 
It's an important one for people on the coast and really throughout the state to listen to, just to hear what's going on, you know, from the yeah. mouths of people that are living. Thanks for your leadership, Ricky. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. This has been John Hairston, the CEO of Hancock Whitney. We'll be back with John McFarlane from the Red Cross in just a second. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.